Are you ready for the best real estate investing advice ever? Join Joe Fairless and today's successful real estate professional as they share it with you. Let's go. A quick word from our sponsor, The Door Devil. Homeowners spend hundreds on alarm systems each year, but rarely reinforce the weakest point on the home, the doors. Bad guys know this, and that's why kick-ins are so common. Simply adding door devils virtually eliminates the home security gap. Sleep better tonight. Reinforce your doors. Visit doordevil.com and enter best ever to get an exclusive 20% discount on your purchase. Hello, best ever listeners. Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless, and I'm here with today's guest, Jake Durchie. Hi, Jake. Hi, Joe. Thanks a lot for having me today. Uh, I, I really look forward to, to speaking with the best listener ever. Uh, really excited to have you on the show. And you know a little bit about Jake's background. He founded his own property management company called Jacob Grant Property Management. And he is managing exclusively in Idaho Falls right now, but they are quickly branching out. They have over 400 units under management. He's born and raised in eastern Idaho, been investing for 11-plus years, and has a lot of really uh, good property management experience, both from the residential side and then also branching out to the multifamily. So, Jake, with that being said, can you give the best-ever listeners a little bit more background uh, on your experience and what you're focused on now? Absolutely. So we've uh, we've been managing uh, properties, residential properties, in the Idaho Falls market for about five years. Uh, like you said, we've been investing for 11, almost 12 years now. And so we've had lots of opportunities to uh, make lots of mistakes and learn lots over time. Lots of opportunities to make mistakes and learn. So what are some mistakes that you've made and what would you learn from them? As a beginning investor, I've, I've always looked for ways to increase profits, and sometimes I look in the wrong places to increase those profits. For example, when we, when we started out, we were renting out laundry units, and we were renting them out for about $25 for a set. And man, we thought we were raking in the cash for that $25. What we didn't factor in is that we were spending, every time we put a, a laundry set in, we were spending an hour or two hours putting them in and another hour or two hours taking them out. So as long as we weren't paying ourselves for our time, we were making bank. But when you start figuring out your time invested in that, it, it turned out that we were making you know about $5 an hour, especially when we had repairs come up. So that's a that's a small a, a small example of, of of a lesson we've learned uh, in property management that you know we need to use our time most efficiently and that was actually a loss when we started to pay other people to install those laundry units and to remove them and to repair them when we started trying to repair them to get somebody who knows how to repair them we were paying sixty five dollars an hour. Well, there goes the profit for the year with one repair. You mentioned you look for ways to increase profits. What are some other ways that you've identified to increase profits with the properties you manage? Um, We do some value-add situations. So one example is, my favorite example, 
we started managing an 84-unit complex here in Idaho Falls, and uh, they had two laundry facilities on site. They were constantly broken. When we, when we began managing, they were constantly broken and having problems, and we were paying, again, we were paying that $65 an hour uh, to have those repaired, and they were uh, ultimately a loss to the property. And so what we did is we contacted some local vendors to come in and do those or to manage the they brought in their own machines so they removed the machines on the property uh, they brought in their own machines and they pay the property fifty percent of whatever the income is and because they were able to do it so much more efficiently we didn't need two laundry rooms anymore we only needed one and so we took that other laundry room and this this property was exclusively one bedroom and studios and so we took that uh, that upstairs laundry room and turned it into two studios and they're renting out at uh, between you know three fifty and four hundred dollars and and it was a huge value add to the property so you know the 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 update costs somewhere in the area of twenty thousand dollars and you know we are increasing rents you know close to uh, ten thousand dollars a year and you, you know what that does to number one property values, number two cash flow, and that that's one of my favorite stories of one of the things we've been most successful with for a value add. Oh yeah, that's great. Was that identified prior to the acquisition of the property? No, it wasn't. Actually, we uh, the the owners owned the property. Um, I would guess five years prior to us taking management. So when we started managing it and seeing the problem. That's when we identified it as a potential uh, source of income. That's great. And what what's the cap rate in your area where that property is? Um, the cap rate is right now is close to eight percent. And so, yeah, you can see what the, that would do to the value. So, Jake, based on your experience in property management and investing yourself, what is your best real estate investing advice ever? I have a couple of pieces of advice. Uh, the number one is never underestimate the power of poor management. Lots of times when investors are looking at properties to purchase, they have to factor in uh, turnarounds. So when you're poorly managing a property, what that means is is you're not screening properly, you're deferring maintenance, uh, you're, you're not following the basic rules. Uh, what this does is, is it brings in those tenants that you don't want. You have, so you basically fill up a property full of criminals and pit bulls, and the cost to get those people out and turn the property around is typically underestimated. And so my advice is don't underestimate that cost. Uh, The second piece of advice I have is hire the right people for the job. Lots of times uh, owners, self-managers, property managers, etc. are trying to save a buck by hiring somebody that's a little bit cheaper. For example, you might be able to hire a handyman for $35 an hour, but a plumber is $65 an hour. If you have a plumbing problem, hire a plumber. Lots of times you'll have a property manager or something like that hire the guy for $35 an hour to go fix it. It'll take him five hours to fix it. And so you don't really save any money, number one. And number two, it doesn't get fixed right, and you have to go fix it again. 
So hire the right person for the job. And the last one is take a hard look at the truth. And I, I bring up the laundry story again. You know, we I was kidding myself into thinking we were making money on these laundry units. We weren't. We were losing money when I took a hard look at the truth. And every management, you know, every owner has their own hard truths to look at. Don't be afraid to look at those hard truths. Make the adjustments and, and uh, you know, increase your bottom line. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about each one of them. Never underestimate the power of poor management um, and the cost of, of what things are. How do you not underestimate it? What are some specific things the best ever listeners can do so that they can follow that advice? What I recommend is um, when you're looking at those properties and doing those, those inspections, uh, look at the property. Uh, typically, deferred maintenance shows up on exteriors first. So how does the yard look? How does the exterior of the building look? Um, are you seeing deferred maintenance? If you're seeing deferred maintenance, there's going to be a lot more that you don't see. That's one thing. The other thing is ask the the current property manager or owner how they are screening and get specific. Lots of times um, I hear property managers say things like, oh, yeah, we look at uh, background and, oh, yeah, we look at this and we call previous, we do rental history and, and we do all of that stuff, but get more specific. Okay, what makes it so somebody doesn't get placed what kind of vacancy rate do you have? What do you do for marketing? So you're, I would dig into the property management system a little bit more deeply because lots of times that stuff is not available on the surface. When you are talking to them about screening, what are some other questions you can ask the owner or the seller about their screening process? I think I would ask, I want to go through your screening process and just go fill out an application and see how they score it. That would be the simplest way to do it. And then you can actually see what are you guys looking at. So, And you would do that with them knowing that that's you filling out the application? I would, yeah, I would. I would just ask them, what are you looking at? What, what makes it? So if I had a, a drug use right here, would you still be okay with it? Okay, well, what if I was dealing drugs? Would that be okay? Okay, well, well, what about a DUI? Are you guys okay with a DUI? And you have you personally have all three of those things? <laughs> <laughs> I, sorry, it took me a minute to catch up. So. Yeah, I have a rough record. It's, uh, I would I I would rent. I'm sorry, Jake. I would not rent to you. <laughs> Luckily, perhaps luckily, perhaps, when perhaps I go it was to just finance a... properties. They don't look at my background, so I'm yeah, okay there you financing. Go. <laughs> I just can't live in my own places. That's right. That's right. I mean, if it was just a DWI or just dealing drugs, but if if you're doing drugs, dealing drugs, and have a DWI, I just couldn't rent to you. <laughs> you know, how do you deal with uh, with uh, foreclosure? Are you okay with somebody who got foreclosed on? And I'm looking for ambiguity. So. People that don't follow a system are going to be the ones I'm a little bit more shying away from. So, for example, well, yeah, we call people. Well, I just kind of get a feel for it, and I just kind of, you know, just kind of see if I like. Those are huge red flags. That tells me they're not screening. 
Um, the other thing you can look at is a delinquency report, if they even have one. If they don't have one, that would be a red flag. But if they have a delinquency report and they're 10% delinquent or 20% delinquent, that's a red flag. That says you don't have tenants in there that are going to be super easy to, to, uh, to uh, manage for. And then as far as hiring the right person for the job, is that as simple as if it's an electrical issue, hire an electrician, if it's a plumbing issue, hire a plumber, or is there anything else that someone can do whenever applying that advice? When I see that this is a problem, I see it as a tenancy. They're always trying to um, save money and I, you know, as as owners, we're always trying to save money and cut costs. But again, take a hard look at the truth, and are are you really saving costs? So, if you think that you can hire hire a handyman and have a problem solved, do it. Hire a handyman. But then, when you're done, look at it. Did it really save you money to hire the handyman? So sometimes it is as simple as as hire an electrician for electric electrical. But there's lots of ambiguity in in problems, you know. What happens if you have water in a basement? What do, what do you do? Okay, you talk to the tenant, you ask questions, you try to figure out where it's coming from. Who do you send to that? Is that a plumber? Is that a maintenance person? Is that a, a somebody who does, you know, f- flood, you know, like a Paul Davis or or something like that? Or... You know, so I think you need to look at results and adjust from there. And then the last last one you had was take a hard look at the truth, and I think that ties into everything that you've mentioned, right? It's like basically evaluate your process on an ongoing basis and know what the real numbers are behind each of the decisions that are made and then see if it can be optimized later. Absolutely. And I see this as an example with um, investors looking at new properties and being very excited about them. Lots of times that excitement um, puts the blinders on and you don't see potential problems. And I see that pretty common. I also see people become lethargic almost with their with their system and and not moving to improve. And so those are the those are the results I see when people are not taking that that hard look at the truth consistently. Are you ready for the best ever lightning round? I'm ready. All right. Best ever book you've read? Atlas Shrugged. I love that book. Uh, Ann Rand does a does a fantastic job showing how uh, how how the industrialists contributed to uh, a particular society. It was a fiction book, but loved the book. Best ever personal growth experience and what you learned from it? Um, my best ever was when I under I, I didn't follow my own advice. I, I underestimated the power of poor management. So we began to manage a uh, 100 and I'd say 10 unit complex that had been poorly managed for five years or so. Uh, maybe longer, maybe more like 10. The owner was not on board uh, to to turn the property around and make the necessary investments to to get the property where it needed to be. And we, we underestimated the cost. I mean, this is a great example of a property that was full of, of uh, criminals and pit bulls. And uh, 
you know, the, the second month or so that we were managing, I want to say we had eight evictions. And so we did not, we did not have the capital or the owner commitment to turn that property around. So that, 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 was, a, that was a tough lesson for me. So what happened with it? It went back to the bank. It the 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 worst the worst ending ever. Best ever success habit you practice. When I my best success habit is dividing my time. And so I have what I call 1x time or one times. That means I'm going to stay flatlined or stay the same. I have two times where I'm improving by two times, 2x. And then I have 10x activities that I do during the day. And so those 10x activities are, are getting me to where I really want to be, where I'm going to be 10 times. You know, I'm going to contribute 10 times. I'm going to um, uh, grow 10 times. I'm going to profit 10 times, etc. cetera. Uh, dividing up my daily activities into, into those three categories is, uh, is my best success habit. Best ever deal you've done. I, we know your uh, deal that you probably would like to change. So now which one would you uh, really like to do five times more? This isn't really a deal. It's, it's actually the same story I told you at Eastridge Apartments. That's the best value add I've ever given to an owner. And uh, with, the, with the laundry, taking the laundry out and changing it into uh, two two studio units and you know I figured we increased the property value by somewhere near eighty thousand dollars we increased cash flow by approximately ten thousand you know minus vacancy we have the payback on the repair was uh, less than two years or or actually was two years Uh, it's just a good story and a a cool value add and the the owners you know the owners won on that one It it was a good story Best ever quote. Maya Angelou, when someone shows you who they are, believe them the first time. So lots of times we, we give people multiple chances or, or we, we don't believe them the first time. This, you know, she says, if somebody shows you who they are, believe them the first time. And I'm constantly reminded of this. Jake, what's the best ever place to reach you? Uh, my email is jake at jacobgrant.com. So that's J-A-K-E at J-A-C-O-B-G-R-A-N-T dot com. All right. Well, thank you. Is there anything else that we didn't talk about that you wanted to mention to the best ever listeners? No, I don't think so. I, I just uh, keep digging in there. Don't, you know, don't be afraid to look at those hard truths. They're tough to look at at the moment, but uh, you'll be happier and more successful when you do. All right. Well, thanks a lot, Jake. Talk to you soon. Thanks, Joe. Hey, you, best ever listener. Do you want more? Then head to JoeFairless.com, where there are tons of free videos, templates, and content to help you get deals done. And if you want Joe to personally help you reach your goals, then go to the Work With Joe tab on JoeFairless.com and apply to, well, Work With Joe. 